I love that they are now, your parents are now not just breaking the cycle with you, with your children, because they're treating your daughters differently than they raised you. So they're breaking the cycle in that way. But what I'm hearing is that they're also breaking the cycle for themselves. Like they're reparenting themselves as grandparents, where a lot of us reparent ourselves as parents with gentle parenting and parenting with understanding. So it's really beautiful that they have gotten to that place where they're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to relearn. I've got to unlearn and then I've got to relearn some new things. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hey, Marcela. Hi, Rachel. I'm so excited to be back for another week. And I always love these cycle breaker spotlight episodes because hearing from fellow cycle breakers, you know, is just, it's just such a, such a blessing. It fills my cup in a lot of ways. Yes. So today we are interviewing Stacy. She's a member of the Parenting with Understanding program. And when she came to the program, her Latino family were not on board and now there are. So she's going to come here to share with us her story on how her family are now somewhat on board with this parenting style. And I'm very excited to, to hear from, from you. But before we go there to talk to Stacy, Rachel has an exciting thing to tell you. Yes, I'm so excited. So I am repeating my free masterclass this Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, it is the three C's to make gentle parenting work without being permissive. A lot of people try their hand at gentle parenting and they slip into permissiveness or they revert back to punishments and they feel like they're failing and they go to bed every night just feeling terrible about the way that the day went. And so we want to give you the steps to making gentle parenting work. So I hope you will join me for that. There is a link in the description of this podcast episode that you can click on to register or you can go to the link in our bios at Hime the club or the considered mama on instagram on tiktok as well hi stacy hi i'm so excited that you're here thank you for saying yes to this interview thank you for having me okay so what are the ages of your children right now so my oldest is three she'll be four in december and my youngest is almost two. She'll be two in August. Okay. So three and two. Wow. Little mm-hmm. ones. So how was your co-parenting relationship and your relationship with other relatives before you started applying parenting with understanding? So I have a background in early childhood. Mm-hmm. So I already had a lot of patience and understanding of child development that was just kind of, it was just natural to me. So Mm -hmm. raising my kids, I had a lot of structure for them that was age appropriate. And the thing that I struggled with was me, you know, and how do I not get triggered when they're just good? Because it's different when they're your own. You know, I feel like my oldest was, she was pretty advanced in her development. Mm -hmm. So there were things that I knew she could do. So when she wouldn't do them, I would get really frustrated. 
And my comments would be like, well, she knows better, you know, and she was itty bitty. So like, um, I had to pause myself and realize that there's got to be a better way. One of the things that changed my mind or like made me stop and think was that she was potty trained at age two, really early. And she was having accident after accident. And I knew we just moved into a new house. So I knew there was changes happening. Like I understood that, Mm -hmm. but I, I just got so angry and so frustrated that, um, she was going to the bathroom when she had an accident she refused to let me in and she had words. So she would tell me like, no, you can't come in here. Don't, you cannot be sad with me, mom. You cannot be sad with me. And that made me, it broke my heart because I realized that she was afraid of me mm-hmm. and she was so little. And like, I had moments like that when I was maybe eight or so, I was afraid of the consequence instead of like coming to my family for help. And she was so little and I was doing the same thing to her that was done to me. That was something that really, I ne- I needed to find something better. Growing up in a Latino home, what was that like? What were, what were the common uh, disciplinary tools or punishments that you saw from your parents? There's been a lot of like healing with that. Um, and growing up, there was a lot of um, expectations, you know, and it was kind of like, it affects the whole. And I also come from a, a divorced childhood. So I kind of had a little bit of both in my, in my life of trauma, I guess. Yeah. So I had a single mom who was just trying just to survive, you know, provide for me. She was a young mom. So there was unfortunately spanking, you know, um, with my, my biological dad, there was threatening, there was a lot of threatening stuff going on, you know, and like you're a kid and I was responsible for these feelings. So there was that, there was an expectation of like, you're the oldest, so you should um, know better. I was a kid. So like, I didn't know better, but I would lie a lot. That was one of the biggest things, but I was lying to, to like not disappoint somebody, you know? And I was definitely the kid that tried to be the teacher's pet. Cause I was like seeking that uh, approval. I think being the oldest, there's a lot of responsibility being the oldest. And then, you know, physical discipline was not unordinary, you know, in our mm-hmm. family. And it was, I mean, even almost like a joke, you know, like, oh, she's got the chunk out, you know, and it's like, you got to run. And then it, it turns playful, like when you're older, but essentially you're masking the fact that, you know, it was painful when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you think that those higher expectations and then you were the older one, the one who's supposed to know better and you didn't know better and the, the feeling that you needed to mask your own feelings in order to please others. How do you think all that uh, impacted your, your parenting? When I was pregnant with my second, I didn't want to put that responsibility on my oldest. Mm-hmm. So it, that was really important to me that she was her own individual. Um, however, clearly I made mistakes because I expected her to behave a certain way because she had the tools, you know, like I, 
she had the skills to do so. Yeah. But she was only two. Right. Um, But I will say, because you said that she used her voice. That was something if you had said to your parents what she said to you, no, mommy, I don't want you to come in here. I don't want you to be sad with me right now. And I feel like if you come in here, you're going to be sad. And like, she felt comfortable enough to use her voice to tell you that, Mm -hmm. which tells me that there was a different attachment there at the base. Like you actually gave her a safe space to be able to voice that. So Mm -hmm. when she did feel fearful of the reaction that she might get from you, it was from a different attachment than what you had with your parents, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I would, I agree with you there. Um, cause also going back to how my parents were growing up, um, my mother's defense mechanism. So she wouldn't be so upset with us, but she would shut us out. So she would, she would withhold feelings. Yeah. So we have a great relationship now, but those were things that even myself, like I would feel inside, like I wanted to shut out and that's not fair for them, you know? As far as like how it's affected my parenting now, um, my husband and I really found that people pleasing was really important to us. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want my kids to have to go through that. Like, I don't want them to come to me and, and just try to make me happy. I don't want them to be responsible for my emotions because those are mine, you know, and they have their own that are valid. Like they should be able to validate themselves. That's great awareness that not many people have. So, yeah, you had really great foundation. Now, let's talk about the transition. The transition between, okay, this is where I'm at, right? I I don't want to repeat the same cycle. Nevertheless, I feel like in a way I am repeating the cycle. Mm -hmm. How is the transition between that and parenting with understanding? Could you please... Walk us through, not just in your parenting, but as well, the dynamic in your house with your relatives, you know, with grandpa and even your spouse. What made the change as a family, because I kind of started doing this on my own through like your TikToks and YouTube. But what, what happened as a family change was the holidays. And, you know, this was our first time, like, seeing family again with the pandemic. And my fear was, oh, go give Thea, you know, a kiss, you know, like, oh, they're your family, you know. And I remember being so small and being introduced to cousins of cousins of cousins and being, you know, obligated to show respect. I don't know yours, but mine is big. I have cousins I have not met. You're in a family reunion. It's almost like you are meeting strangers. Exactly. Exactly. And my kids are very, you know, they've only had us, you know, a very small bubble. And so I didn't want that pressure on them. So I wanted the tools to be able to, to say no, and still respectfully say no. Yeah. So that was a transition. And, you know, there, there was a talks that I've had with my parents, like, you know, when we see family members, I, I don't want them to hug if they don't want to. So we've come with the tools of like, how about a high five? You know, how about knuckles? And 
there was comments, but you know what? She, they're not going to get comfortable unless you make them comfortable. If you don't show them that it's okay to hug them, like I, I'm with them all the time. They should be able to hug me. I'm like, sometimes I don't want to be touched. So, you know, like I want to respect them. And so like it was, it was really a touchy subject for a while, you know, because it's like, it's a, it's a line between respect and disrespect, Mm -hmm. but only you have the power to allow what that means to you. I'm sitting here and my (laughs) wheels are churning because I'm just thinking to myself, there's so many like. I would call them logical fallacies in traditional parenting. Like, oh, you just have to force a child to become comfortable by making them extremely uncomfortable. Where is the logic in that? Like, when have you ever learned to become comfortable with something by someone forcing you to push through uncomfortability? I understand like facing fears, but like we get to choose. I get, if I have a fear of heights, I should have the choice as to whether or not I put myself in that position to face that fear. No one should ever force me to the top of a building to repel off of and be like, well, you're going to get comfortable by being uncomfortable. Obviously this gets me like so fired up because I'm just thinking like, where did we get on that track in parenting where we got so comfortable making our children uncomfortable? And we got so comfortable letting fear be a motivator. I just, I don't understand how that is healthy. I I don't think it is. Well, I feel like it also goes with like something I grew up with, like somewhere out there, someone has it worse than you, you know, and you know, there are harder things that you don't have to face right now. And that mindset as a child, you're being told to like, shove your feelings down and just suck it up. And that's like, that's basically how I lived my childhood, young adolescence. It's like, all right, like someone out there has it worse than me. And then come my kids had a horrible postpartum, you know, and it was just like the reality all kind of set in like, wait, I'm allowed to have these feelings, but now what do I do with them? You know? So yeah, that, that was, that was tough. And again, that was part of the change of, of moving forward. So after the holidays, I've had like a lot of hard conversations with my parents. So I, I came out to my parents about some trauma that I had growing up um, that I kept secret. Cause again, like my, my thought process was if mm-hmm. I tell them it's going to hurt them more than it's, than it hurt me. Like I've already gone through it. I've already been through it. So instead I like, I kept that to myself in order to move forward, I needed to explain, this is what I went through. And this is why I don't want my kids to be forced in situations. So that was really helpful. How was their reaction? You know, they were shocked. And I think my, my dad has become very fluffy and emotional since the granddaughters have been here. So there's been a lot of change on his side. Um, which makes me very happy. You know, my mom has always been really supportive in my motherhood journey and just young adolescence. Once I, you know, once we got over the teenage stage, we're best friends now, but still to real, to say some of those things, it's gotta be hard. And I can imagine it's gotta be hard to hear as a mom, yeah. you know, what your daughter had been through. Yeah. That's the danger 
in dismissing emotions. There's even, I'll say this, and this is maybe going to ruffle some feathers and even in the gentle parenting community, but there's even this, um, mindset within gentle parenting that we should be able to tell our children whether something is like, if they're, if it's okay to be big, mad, oh, this is a situation that you shouldn't be big, mad over. It's only appropriate to be little mad about this. Cause this is a little problem. And I think that the danger in that is the same danger as telling a child, well, somebody has it better, has it worse than you. I feel like it's the same thing with gentle parenting language. And I think that if a child is going through something and it's, it feels big to them that we should meet them in that emotion for the moment and say, oh, okay, you're big mad. And it may seem like a, a little problem to us, but we meet them in their big mad emotion And we say, okay, let's brainstorm. We're here. I can help you through this. And then we can talk to them later about, you know, when you look back at that, did that, do you feel like, I mean, and I think this is language that you would want to have with older children, but I think when they're older, especially you can talk about the differences of like, you know, letting yourself get to that big mad place and little mad and all of that, that makes more sense with older children. But I think that Regardless, if I am overreacting to any situation, which I still do in adulthood, if my husband comes to me and says, oh, you're big mad about this, or even if it was like an, oh my gosh, babe, like you're really mad about this. This is like, it is a, it's an ordeal, but it's not that big of an ordeal. Like, you know, like let's, let's simmer down, calm down a little bit. That's only going to escalate me further. It's only Mm -hmm. going to make it worse. And it's going to make me feel not as safe coming to him about my issues or things that I'm upset with. Right. So I think there is a fine line in parenting and I, I totally, I can relate to that so much just as like my mom is one of my best friends, but we really did not connect until I was out of school. I was in college. She saw me making better decisions than she had. And I think it kind of created this respect in her heart for me. And maybe it's similar for you where your mom saw you as a mother and thought, Oh, wow, she's really a wonderful mom. And she gets to do this her way now. But I think that it, it doesn't negate the fact that at one point in time, you didn't feel safe coming to your parents about those things because of the environment that you had experienced whenever you tried to tell them things in childhood. Yeah. And I will say the relationship that my parents have with my kids is one of the most beautiful things I've ever had to witness. You know, like it just the love that they share, like even my girls with them, it's just makes me so happy that they can experience that and that I could witness that because, you know, when they were my parents, they were hustling and they had me and my brother and they were doing the best they can. Like we all do, yes, you know? And so they broke cycles of their own. I will say that they were, they were attentive. They put us on all these activities, but emotionally there was a a gap. Yeah. But now with what we've been practicing at home, Mm -hmm. they are now experiencing these emotions with my kids and you know, we went on vacation recently. We had a talk before vacation and I was, you know, I told my, I I usually go to my mom first before I go to my dad because my mom can kind of like bring it to my dad 
mm-hmm. gently. Yeah. And and so um, I said, my only concern is that when we go, that I know he wants to, you know, we want to fix things. But sometimes like it, I'm here, Dustin, my husband is there. So I just don't want to offend someone when I call them out if they're stepping over toes. So we did have like a, a kind of pep talk before we left. And then while we were there, my dad kept calling my daughter dramatic. And that was a trigger for me. And so like, I've already said it before. And I know that it wasn't coming from like a malicious place. Right. But it was a every every time she she cried or she was upset. And she is the cutest crier ever. She covers a little mouth. And it's just like, you know, but she's feeling big feelings, yeah. you know, <laughs> I basically what happened is I, I said, like, listen, I already asked you nicely, not to say it. Oh, Stacy, it's just a word. It's just a word, you know. And I said, it's not though, because I didn't like being called dramatic when I was young. And I don't want my girls to be called dramatic. Yeah. And I said it respectfully. Yeah. I like I really waited, you know, because I, I wanted to be heard, not reacted by you know so he didn't talk to me for half the day and I offered again like we're, we're used to shutting people out when we're upset so I offered a walk in the middle of the day and he said no so I was like okay so then you know I, I did my piece I tried my husband was checking in on me and I said I'm okay yeah. you know I tried mm-hmm. and when he's ready if he's ready he'll come and so later he apologized to me just out of nowhere. And he gave me the biggest hug. And then we went for a walk and I talked and I was just like, listen, like, I know you didn't mean any disrespect. I know that you love them. But when I was called that growing up, I felt like I had to keep my emotions to myself in order not to make someone else feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So again, thinking of the whole picture instead of just myself, you know, and that's what we're trying to break. And he was just like, Oh, I need to get out my thesaurus. You know, this is all new to me, but I, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn. And it was just, I get emotional about it. Cause it's just, it's so great to be in this place. Like we're safe, you know, how did the parenting with understanding program helped you with bringing your family on board? I think all the conversations, especially with the advanced uh, membership, being able to hear the stories and being able to hear the answers to the questions we all have, you know, it's like, it's just this open dialogue. And I feel like with anything else, when you're in a good community, you know, you surround yourself with good people, you take that language back with you. So when you have these conversations with, when I have these conversations with my family, like I can understand them a little bit more. I can understand and meet them where they're at. My husband is the same way. You know, he listens to the podcast and the meetings afterwards, but like I can understand where he's coming from and I can understand like his triggers. So it definitely opens the conversation because a big process of like, or one of the biggest things for our accomplishments here in our family is being able to get over our traumas, like being able to, to accept that we're not perfect and to accept that we have triggers because then we're able to help our daughters. 
you know, my mom is learning a lot by how she's watching us raise the girls. And I've noticed, you know, she does, she's not as vocal as my dad, but she's, she's doing the same tools. You know, she's letting the girls have their emotions and she's being patient with them and, you know, loving them unconditionally. So I think definitely being a part of the program has helped being able to make those conversations organic. And, and it's just a part of our everyday life. Like it's not like you open the book and this is what we're studying today. It's just something that is just constantly going. It's just a part of our, part of our day. I love that they are now, your parents are now not just breaking the cycle with you, with your children, because they're treating your daughters differently than they raised you. So they're breaking the cycle in that way. But what I'm hearing is that they're also breaking the cycle for themselves. Like they're reparenting themselves as grandparents, where a lot of us reparent ourselves as parents with gentle parenting and parenting with understanding. So it's really beautiful that they have gotten to that place where they're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to relearn. I've got to unlearn. And then I've got to relearn some new things. I've got to unwire some old mindsets and rewire some new mindsets, you know, and they're, it's so beautiful that they have gotten to that place, especially after giving you so much pushback and in the beginning, you know, and being Mm -hmm. like, not understanding it, shutting you out, kind of avoiding the situation and stuff to now being like, okay, I'm open to learning. I think that's really going to encourage a lot of our listeners. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited. You know what? Sometimes the unlearning process is what's the, the hardest part of everything. Because yeah. once you unlearn, you are ready to learn. But that, that unlearning process requires healing, yeah. requires being open-minded, requires a, allowing yourself to, to make mistakes. And it requires a lot, a lot of a lot of strength because in a way the unlearning process means looking back of what they did with their kids growing up and they don't have another chance to raise little kids. Mm-hmm. So it's looking back and seeing all those mistakes yeah. and in a way accepting it, forgiving themselves, forgiving the process and start fresh with their grandkids. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that takes a lot. And I'm glad that your family were able to get to that point. So thank you for, for sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been such a great journey. I'm just so happy for all of us. You know, my mother has apologized to the girls more than I think I've ever heard her apologize to me and my brother. So like, even even those little things like that. It's beautiful. It's reassuring to know that we're doing the right thing. So Rachel, what is your main takeaway from this interview? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think that I am just encouraged that it is absolutely possible to not just be the cycle breaker, but to encourage and even get your parents on board with breaking the cycle alongside you. Um, I have personally experienced that. And I, I do think that parenting with understanding was a huge part of that because I was able to model the things that actually worked, you know, the things that made gentle parenting work because I learned the skills of parenting with understanding. And my parents saw that and saw the difference and like the emotional intelligence that my daughter had at even like one and a half and two. For me, my biggest takeaway is more an aha moment. When I developed the Parenting with Understanding curriculum, 
I was thinking about parents helping their children. It was a child-centric focus program and still is. But the aha moment that I have right now with this interview is that it doesn't just help parents with their kids. It helps parents with their own parents. It helps couples. It helps just understanding humans in general. And I feel really proud (laughs) that God used me to to write the Parenting with Understanding program. Yeah, (laughs) you should feel so proud because it really is extremely helpful. And yeah, the tools in it are not tools that I have ever seen anywhere else. So I love it. It's beautiful. We want to remind you guys, if you have not registered yet, make sure to open the description of this video or go to our social channels at high impact club and at the considerate mama on Instagram and TikTok, and register for the free masterclass this week. If, yes. especially if you are thinking to yourself, okay, but what if my parents are not open to getting on board? Can I still make this work if my parents are never on board? Or what if my spouse is never on board? We're going to be talking about that in the masterclass this Friday. So be sure to register for that. Don't forget to leave us a review if you got something out of this uh, episode. And if you are a HIC member, meaning that if you have any of HIC's products, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group. You can find us on Facebook, HIC Cycle Breakers, or you can open the description of this podcast episode and you can request to join. Okay? Remember that it only takes understanding to transform your parenting. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.